Hello and welcome to Hashtag Create, the podcast dedicated to creativity wherever it may be found. I'm your host, Alan James Edwards, and our guest today is actor, director, producer, and Clipkick Spotlight Talent Contest winner, Josie Ayub. As a content creator, Chosie is known for his spot-on parodies of songs like Old Town Road, Senorita, and Mia Mia. He's also the creator and producer of Cobra's World, an episodic action comedy thriller delivered in 15-minute episodes. You can see all of Chosie's clips and follow him on Clipkick. His username is at Chosino. We are brought to you by Clipkick, the free app for bookmarking and sharing any video clip on the web. With Clipkick, you can collect all your favorite videos in one place. When you find a video you like anywhere online, just click share on your phone and save it to Clipkick. Then watch and share your unique video collections right from the app. Content creators use Clipkick to consolidate their videos from all platforms in one place. Then they share the account links and grow their audience. But Clipkick is not only for content creators. It's the perfect app for anybody who loves video clips. Download Clipkick for free today in the app stores. We are brought to you by Cash for Free. Cash for Free is a great new app where you can transfer cash to your bank account whenever you need it for free. I love Cash for Free. I mean, who wouldn't? Cash is a fantastic thing. I mean, with cash, you can buy stuff, go on trips, eat, pay rent. The problem is cash is sometimes hard to come by. Everybody is holding on to it, and no one wants to give it away. Until now. Not surprisingly, Cash for Free is the number one app in the App Store, with millions of downloads in just the first few weeks. Take advantage of the Cash for Free Early Adopter Special. Transfer unlimited cash for the first week you have the app. Download Cash for Free today. Available in the app stores. We love to promote new apps like this on the show. So if you have a great new app idea, send a direct message to at clipkick.tv on Clipkick with a description of the app, and we may feature it on the next podcast. Hey, Chosy. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. The sun is shining today, so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, judging by your outfit, you're not in California right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in Georgia right now. You're in Georgia. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. So, so the funny thing is, is now we, now we, um, I always ask people where they are because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't assume where anybody is. They're, they're all in different places. And it's also interesting too, how, how, uh, how people are continuing their work as performers, despite where they're living. So you're in Georgia of all places. I know, but at least things are open here so we can get to breathe a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's open here. I know. I mean, even the outdoor spaces, it's, it's oppressive and it doesn't, and it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Like I I never felt unsafe in the outdoor spaces, but, uh, so, and I, and I felt like that was like the only thing left that we had and they took it away from us, man. I know. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Right. (laughs) So, so, so you're doing all your stuff virtually now. Chosy, I, I, you never really met me, but I kind of met you because you were one of the winners of the Clipkick uh, Creator Contest, and I uh, managed the interviews, the Zoom interviews. I managed the, you know, moving people in and out of the rooms and this kind of thing. So I, I was moderating. So I kind of got, I, I, I didn't, I didn't sit there and listen to the whole thing, but I, yeah. I kind of got an I, I got a little idea of what you're doing, and and it's, it's all, it's all cool. I also looked at. Um, all of your clips on on Clipkick, and I want to I want to talk about some of those. 
because uh, right. there, there's a lot of I- impressive work there. But uh, you had some auditions yesterday, you told me. So what was to tell me about that? Like what happened there? Well, there were two different productions, two different feature film. One is actually filming in Egypt. The other one is filming here in Atlanta. And they're both for gay men. And I'm straight, but... Right, right. <laughs> I, I get those I, roles a lot for some reason, but I don't mind, you know? You know, it went well. And uh, long auditions. My friend came here and, you know, he was my reader and we just knocked it out. So, so when you say reader, um, your, your friend, your friend was your reader or that was that for like preparing for the audition or. No, pretty much, you know, you need a reader to be next to the camera during the pandemic. A lot of people didn't have a lot of people around them. So they were doing, they're doing zoom. So you will read for me on zoom while I put the camera here and you're my eyeline, right. For the camera. But I still hang out with people. I'm still a human being and I'm, I'm normal. I'm not really. Oh, I see. So you, so you have to have your own reader when you're doing, cause you're, you're making the tape to send to them. Pretty much. Yeah. You're taping. Got you. Got you. So have your own reader, you know, funny story, Harrison Ford got the role in star Wars by being a reader. Really? Yeah. He was the carpenter. Uh huh. He was the carpenter in the building that George Lucas, and he already worked with George Lucas, so he knew the guy. And he he was the carpenter in the building. And uh, George Lucas was like, hey, you want to read for me? You know, he's like, I'm not doing acting anymore. I'm not an actor anymore. I'm, I'm over that. And then and then uh, he agreed to be a reader and he read all these layers. And and wow. they they have the they have it on on tape, like I saw it on the internet, where where he's doing the reading and he's he's just like so nonchalant he's kind of like yeah you know it's three parsecs to alderaan blah 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 like he's over it and they looked at the tapes and they were just like that's that's han solo wow that's so, so 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 that's the problem you're a reader guy you got to watch who you pick as a reader because he might end up getting the part <laughs> <laughs> right now i make sure i, I make his uh his audio volume lower than mine, so you know. Yeah, stop. yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to feature the reader too much, because you know. Could... <laughs> nah. Oh my. God. <laughs> I think Johnny Depp has a similar story. I think he was in a building where they were having auditions, and I think he was working there. And they're like, "Hey, I bet you Johnny can do it. Johnny, can you do it?" And then Johnny had the size, started reading it, and boom, he just took off. But. Maybe I got the story wrong, but I believe Johnny Depp has the same uh, experience. Yeah, that can happen. So definitely, um, you know, be careful. This this remind this reminds me of uh, the this topic of um, of reading for for someone who's who's gay and reading for different different types of roles. You you have. Uh, I'm going to share my screen for a second. You have some inter- very interesting monologues on on Clipkick, and one of them has to do with, you know, the obligations of of being a man. And and do you remember this monologue? Yeah, be a man. They said. Yeah, be a man. They said. I'm gonna see if if mm-hmm. I can find it on here. To, uh, yeah, this is this yeah, is the that's one. Something I I wrote down, and because society thinks sometimes. It's just tough being a woman. And I'm like, 
first of all, it's tough to be a human, period. Second of all, it is tough to be a man because society has preconditioned us to do certain things, especially culturally, that you act, you have to act this way, you have to do this that way, you have to be the provider and all those things and be the bank pretty much. <laughs> right, right. I'm sharing my screen now so you can see it. Mm-hmm. It's got a it's got a, a full-on shot and a shot on an angle. There's two shots here. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you you shot this completely on on your own? Yeah, I have a studio in my basement. I actually tape auditions called Tape to Book. Right. And people come, they can schedule, you know, an appointment with me. I can be their reader and I can coach them. But if I have an urge to create something. I just have a couple of cameras, uh, cannons, nothing too big, you know, just something to, to give good footage and good audio. I have a road mic. So I just set my cameras. Sometimes I go down there and I was like, I want to create something today. All right, let's see what happens. Boom, 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 turn them on, put some clothes on, wing it <laughs> and see what happens. And, and when you made that, do you feel that those kind of things, that kind of content will help get you auditions? I'm not sure. I usually don't create to get results. I just create for the spirit of creating. It's just there's so much things in this head and in this heart as well that I need to get out. So there's more space for other content that's being pushed in the back of my head. So there's a lot of stuff going on in my head. I'm a creative mind and I get it from my father. My father was a performing artist. He had a band, he danced, he did plays. So it's in my system, you know, and I have to create, he kept creating and he couldn't stop, you know, because <laughs> there's so much happening. And I think I'm the same way. I just keep creating and there's all these ideas. And I'm like, if I don't do it, it might go to the back and then I might not remember something about it. So if something comes down, I write it down or I just go ahead and do it, you know? You know, this this need to create, I, I, I completely can relate to, you know, I, I write stories as well, graphic novels and things like that. And I also work in technology. There's something that happens with, I think with certain people that the need to create these these images or, or worlds that are in your head are, are just r relentless. They're there, no matter what you try. Like, even if you tried not to create, they would come back, like to haunt you, like this drive to make these images happen. So, so your father uh, helped influence you. Wh where did you grow up? This, I'm just curious because. Sure. Um, I grew up in East Jerusalem, Palestine. You know, we're occupied by Israel since the 1948. And uh, my dad was from the north, and uh, he grew up doing a lot of performing arts and dancing. Right. And then he moved from Haifa, which is in the north, to Jerusalem, and he started a band. And he could play the guitar, the drums, the piano, but he was kind of like the person who put it all together. The name of the band was Al Kawakib, which means the planets. Okay. And he just put different. Different people together call it the planets, al-kawakib in Arabic. And 
he was doing really well. He traveled to Europe, North Africa, some parts of the Middle East, and he was performing with his guys. And the war happened, uh, and everything shut down. There was no more arts, no more performing arts, no more dancing, no more fun. It just it got really bad. So he's like, oh, I got three kids. I got to provide. So he became an accountant, and I think that killed his arts, you know? So yeah, that's rough of all things to accounting. Yeah, he's good with math. Like, like, so he's like yeah. counting. <laughs> yeah, of all of all things, like almost the least creative yeah. thing. Although accounting can be creative, as we yeah, know. yeah. So but, so he told me, son, the arts world can be tough. You never know; it's unpredictable. And they say, if you had to get the poorest people in the world in one room, ninety percent of them were artists. And I was like, damn, dad, like, you really don't yeah, want great, to do great, this. Great, great pep talk. I'll, I'll, <laughs> right? I'll, I'll, so, I'll get right into that. My, my parents were similar. They were, you know, my, my mother was an artist and my, my father um, was a philosopher, but they, they obviously got jobs and they, you know, they, when, when I started to get into performing and acting and writing and they, they were kind of like, not not super supportive about it they were definitely concerned yeah. about me but uh but you know you know you forge john and there are ways to make money nowadays you know some of the sure. wealthiest people now are artists but then all right so so then you guys moved to the united states i came here um so like growing up um regardless of all the war and the chaos and the political problems between israelis and palestinians and all that chaos we're still living our lives, right? And I always was into the arts. I used to dance since I was three years old to Michael Jackson and <laughs> doing all that crazy stuff. <laughs> That's good. Through the moonwalk. And um, then my dad got me my first camcorder with like this bulky with the little screen, horrible resolution, right? And I used to call all my friends over, my neighbors, and we, I started writing these movies. And I remember when I was 14, I shot this big drug dealer scene. I don't know where that came from. Right. And I, I gathered guys from my class. And I always will direct and be in my own movies. Right? Always. I have to be the star. I know. Uh, so, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So we I can relate that to that. That was. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, the thing is, the thing people used to ask me, like, why do you always want to be in your own stuff? And and it was for me, it was kind of like it was like a fun. It's like you create this world, you create this idea and you do all the work to bring everybody there. Then you're like, I want to play in that thing, too. I don't want to just watch other people playing. Right. right? Yeah. I want I want to be, be in that. I want to be part of that. You know, it looks like a lot of fun in there. So, yeah. so, but that's what I did, you know. So, what was that. the first thing you shot with the camcorder? The first thing I shot with the camcorder, me and first, like, like friends. stage thing. Uh, I was Red Riding Hood. Red Riding Hood. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was. I mean, first play ever <laughs> that I did was Red Riding Hood, and my friend Randy. Randy was the wolf. Okay, all right. The first so, thing that popped in my head was Robin Hood, but 
Red Riding Hood is different. What's the story behind Red Riding Hood? Can you remind me? She she gets Red Riding Hood. By... Isn't that the the wolf? A wolf story? Yeah, yeah, it's a wolf story. But I don't remember. I remember the three little pigs and the wolves come. These this these wolves get bad. A it's bad very similar. He pretty much eats her grandma, and he dresses as her grandma. Right, right, right. And he comes to her and tricks her, and then she's like, "Oh my god!" So I was, I was the girl. Pretty much. Yes, yeah, so you would do a drag like way back then. <laughs> so like we we went to all, <laughs> we went to old guy school, right? So there was right. one woman, right. no females. So I played that role. That was my first play I've ever done in my whole life in school. That and takes I courage. Just, I, I wish you had I that. Just, Can we look at that? Do you I have that wish. anywhere? So then we graduate two years later. Mm -hmm. You you then to the U.S. To the U.S. Okay. And Georgia Southern University. I came to school at Georgia of Southern. Of all places. Of all places. Yonder in Statesboro, Georgia. Jeez, you know, I and lived in Savannah, Georgia for a little while, so I have a little idea of what it's like. I actually Savannah. really liked it, but it's, it's definitely Savannah's different nice. than the North. Yeah, Savannah's definitely nice. But uh, Statesboro was smaller, you know, closed-minded, backward kind of folks, right? <laughs> Right, right, right. So, so how'd you hold up there with your Red Riding Hood outfit and your? <laughs> See, when I yeah, I came to the <laughs> from US... Palestine, right? Yeah, yeah I, I came to the U.S. in two thousand one. Right, three weeks before September eleven. So in the beginning, I was oh like, wow! Yeah. So you were here three weeks and that happened. Yeah, I was like, I'm from the Middle East, represent Palestine, I'm, I'm from where Jesus is from, and all of that talk, and I'm Middle Eastern, and yada, 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 and then September 11 happens, and people, there's a lot of ignorance there. Right. So right. they start attacking people that look brown, anything in between black and white, right? And I was like, okay, well, I can't say I'm Middle Eastern. And then they're like, when they start seeing me outside, they're like, where are you from? And I said, guess. 90% of people thought I was South American. Right, right. You do you do have kind of that Latino vibe, I have to say. Yeah, so I was like, okay, who do I look like the most? I started researching. I was like, I look Puerto Rican. What do Puerto Ricans speak? What do Puerto Ricans wear? What do Puerto Ricans eat? What do Puerto Ricans do? And I started dating Puerto Rican woman. I learned Spanish. I learned bachata, merengue, salsa, the food, everything. I became Boricua. Oh, Fake wow. It till like, you make like, it. like as a as sort of like a survival mechanism, kind of. Which which didn't matter because to them I was doesn't matter if you're Puerto Rican, you're Mexican, right? They don't know right, the difference right. between South Americans, but it's better than being Middle Eastern at that wow. point. Wow. You know, it's so it's terrible that. It's life. It's life, you know? It's life. You got to survive. So I learned how to be a chameleon. I mean, being Palestinian in Israel, I had to lie. I learned Hebrew. I right. dress like them. I talk like them and I'll blend in. I've done this all my life. So I'm like, when I chose to become an actor three years ago, which I'll tell you how that came about, it was because of all the stuff that happened to me. And I was like, man, I've been acting all my life. Yeah, because essentially that's what acting is. I mean, acting is is scripted lying. So 
are play, playing roles <laughs> convincingly. So, yeah. so it, it, it does make sense. And, and there's, 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 there's no better motivator to learn how to do it right than survival. Very true. Um, and, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And, and when I thought, when I saw the man monologue, it made me think of multifacial, which is uh, Vin Diesel's first short film that mm. uh, was about how he was from a mixed, you know, he's from a mixed marriage. Like, I think he's, mm -hmm. I think his mother's, uh, one of his parents are black and one are white, but mm -hmm. they always required him to play different ethnic roles. Yeah. And, and, um, do you find when you're auditioning, like you're, you, this situation is happening where they're, where they're sort of saying, oh, you have to be more of this race or you have to be? Sure. Um, I'm considered racially ambiguous in the film industry, right? They don't know. They can't pinpoint what I am. So they're like, oh, he looks good. He can be Sicilian. He can be Puerto Rican. He can be Colombian. He can be Moroccan. He can be Egyptian. All these things. But then when it comes to the role and they look at me, they're like, well, he's not Arab enough. He's not Hispanic enough. He's not black enough. He's not white enough. He's not this enough. And I'm like, well, you just called me racially ambiguous. Like, what do you want me to do? I can do it. So that can work for me and against me. For example, people that inspire me is Al Pacino. Al Pacino is Sicilian from New York, right? But he played... Tony Montana, man, you know? Yeah, I was, was going to say, I want to hear your Al Pacino impression because I bet you it's Oh, okay, man. Great. You know, you want to play rough? Okay. So, you know, he did, he did the Tony Montana and he played a Cuban, but he's Sicilian. Then in Carlito Bregante, he was Puerto Rican, right? So he played Puerto Rican. So he has that range. Right, right, right. He can play several different races. He can't play your typical white guy. He can't play your typical black guy. He can play anything in between. The widest thing to whites he can play is Italian, which to me, Italians are a whole different, you know, genre because Italians are dark featured. So they can pass for Middle Eastern and Hispanic and stuff. Um, same thing with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is white. But if you see him and the characters he plays and stuff, he can look like different things. Plus, he's amazing in playing characters. So he inspires me. And I study Al Pacino and Johnny Depp the most. Why? Because that's who I look like. They were in a movie together called Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco, right? Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. what a what a movie! I saw that in the Ziegfeld Theater in New York. I, I remember amazing how how yeah. amazing it was. So the so, only the only Middle Eastern actor in the industry right now that everybody knows about is Rami Malek. He played Freddie Mercury. He's actually Egyptian. Right. 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 So there's not a lot of Middle Eastern actors in the US. So they're looking for a little darker, a little more grungy. And I'm like, well, come to Palestine. See how we look like. Then you can understand how Arabs look. And we have different looks all the way from Morocco to Lebanon. We can look different skin tone, different features, but that's how we look like. We're very, we look just like very close to Hispanics, you know? 
if you put us together, you can't tell us apart. But for some reason, when they're looking for somebody to play typical Middle Eastern role, they hire an Indian guy. They don't hire an Arab guy. And the difference between Indians and Arabs is day and night. We don't worship right, right, the same right. God. We don't speak the same language. Everything, everything is. Different. I already. I, I also noticed this thing too that that they do that when they start filming in the Middle East, they put this like yellow filter on the camera, like to make the sky. Yeah, yeah. Like like it makes it look yellow. Like it's yellow over there. It's not yellow. It's not yellow. It's not yellow. Like what? We have we uh, have places like it's yellow, just like in Nevada. You have places where it's right, yellow. but even but it's the ground is a different color, but the sky isn't different. Sky is blue. <laughs> sky is blue. Like what's with this yellow thing? So you know it's the stereotype. So um, for so example, it looks like yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, for example, I just got recently an audition for Queen of the South. The role was for a Moroccan smuggler because Teresa Mendoza, which is the lead and the queen of the south it's all about cartel and drugs she goes to europe and she she gets to know a moroccan drug smuggler so i did the audition they liked it but they're not looking for his face right 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 but then they send me another audition and he's half spanish half moroccan so i'm like yeah you want me to be mixed i'm mixed i did the audition it went great i haven't heard back because you know you never hear back you don't know you don't know what the hell happened. You're just kind of like, oh, just let me just move on. Because if you sit and wait, it's going to drive you crazy. But I know they shot it already. So I'm looking forward to see who they hired for those two roles. Because I want to see that they hire a Middle Eastern guy or not. If they hired a Middle Eastern guy, then I'll be like, okay, I have a chance. If right, they hire right. somebody who's not Middle Eastern, then I'm like, when am I going to have a chance? You know, so... That's the problem with me being my look, my type, and my heritage. Yes, I can pass for so many ethnicities and backgrounds, but that can also limit you, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I mean, essentially, they just need to have better roles in general. For yeah, and then I have an accent, so I can change my accent, but I can't, I can't speak like you can't talk like you because i have an accent and i need to probably get a dialect i don't even really notice speak. your accent you have an accent really yes you don't hear it it's right here now i hear it <laughs> i i didn't i didn't hear it before yeah there's a, there's an accent and it comes out with certain words right so if they're looking for the all-american guy they're not going to hire me because they're looking for a guy with a general american accent and that's not yeah me. yeah i see i see i guess you have a little accent i mean you could potentially work on that but yeah i think that's my goal to be able to um have the general american accents because it's the way i pronounce things sometimes i emphasize on letters that americans don't because american language is monotone and Arabic is all excited and we keep going up. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> and English is like, hey, did you get your car today? And we're like, hey, did you get your car today? We go up. Oh, wow. You know, so it's more so, it's more than just the accent. It's like it's like the inflection and the way things are inflection. approaching. 
things are approached. I can, I can do I can do the inflection and all that, but it's the tongue. Arabic is spoken here and inside. English is pushing everything forward. It's very nasal. <laughs> English. Hi, how are you? Arabic is all like Japanese. Oh, arigato. Everything is here, right? So the feeling is different. Nasal. Yeah. I did. And then we have different letters, you know? We have different letters. We roll our R's. You know, roll Right, R's right, right. It's easy for me to learn Spanish and sound authentic than English. When I do some scenes, sometimes different coaches tell me, Josie, do the scene first in your native tongue so you can come to life. And then do it in English because right. it's going to be two different two different people. And I was like, and I did it, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. It's more than just the accent and correcting the accent. What you're saying is, is that it's it's also affects who you are as a person and the mood and that and 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 a lot more than just the accent that you have to you have to modify to do it in Amer uh, like an American. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I grew up speaking multiple languages because I speak Arabic, speak Hebrew, English, French, and I, I learned Spanish, right? Wow. So, je parle français très bien. J'étudie à l'école. So, I studied French at school. So, we had to speak French. And he got me the beverage. Speaking of corny comedy, <laughs> try to figure out how to segue into your uh... Cobra's world. Well, I I want to get to Cobra's world, but there's no way there's no way around there's no way around Old Town Road. Like we got to bring this up. So, okay. so the only thing I do is I don't hear the audio. That's the only thing, but I can see it. Let's see if I get the audio. On. Oh yeah. I'm gonna take my camel to Jerusalem. I'm gonna ride till I can no more. I'm gonna ride till I can no more. I'm gonna ride till I can no more. I got the camel in the back. Hookah in my back. Oh, man. You get the idea. So, so, and this is an ambitious, um, this is ambitious to say the least, right? So, okay, Old Town Road came out and it was a big song because you had a, an artist that is not in the country world doing a kind of like a country song, but making it hip hop at the same time, right? And it was very catchy. So I heard it a couple of times. Then I was going home to see my family. So I went home and I was like, you know what? I want to do it about a camel. <laughs> so so <laughs> where else do you get a camel? You go back home. Right, right, right. And people think we got camels left and right. Man, you know how long it took me to find one camel? <laughs> I thought I thought there were just camels everywhere over there. Man, it took me two weeks, and then everybody would say, "Yeah, I got a camel," and then they sent me a picture, and I was like, "Man, what kind of camel is this? It looked like it's not fed well. It looks weak. I need a camel, camel." And then my dad actually was like, "You want a camel?" And I was like, "Yeah, I want a camel." He's like, "Let me take you to Nabi Musa. Nabi Musa is a little area where 
the prophet Moses, they believe his burial site is or something. So my dad drove me there, it's by Jericho, it's the desert. So that's why you'll find camels. So we went there and then the name of the camel was Shushu. And my name in the comedy is Chocho. So you got Chocho and Shushu, which was crazy. Wait, so there's so two, then there, two camels? No, no, I'm Chocho. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm... And his name was Shushu. Chocho okay, and Shushu. Okay, okay, okay. Close, right? So I met some Bedouins there, and then they said, yes, you can rent the camel. And I was like, okay, perfect. He's like, here's my number. Call me when you need to come film your thing. They were cool. Then I hit up my friend Subhi. He does videography and all these things. And I was like, I want you to film me. I wrote it. I got the costumes. I did everything. Then I shot the whole scene that I need to shoot there. And then the other scene I shot in Ramallah, the West Bank, with my friend, where I look like I'm marrying my cousin and all that craziness. And we just launched it. And I didn't think much of it, but it got a, I got so many comments. And it got like 43,000 views or something. 43,000 yeah. views. And it was my first, my first uh, video that I posted on that. So how, what about the recording of the song? How did you do that? Because it looks like it was... Professionally oh, uh, my friend Jamal, he lives here in Atlanta. He does music. He has a studio in his house, like a really legit studio. He has two bedroom apartment, like condo. So one right. bedroom is a studio. We went there and we did it in like an hour and a half. We knocked it out. And uh, he mastered it. He mixed it and he sent it to me. That's wow, so you know, you yeah. know the right pe you know the right people to get all this stuff done, obviously. It's so crazy, man. I just talk to people and things happen. I mean, that's, I've been like this since I was a kid. I used to go to strangers and start talking to them and, and disappear and come back. And my parents yeah, like, yeah. I, I kind of have that too. Like I, when I, I used to location scout and stuff like that and just knock on a church and be like, can we shoot here today? And they're like, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just, you just, but um, I mean, just the quality of it is amazing. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the great things about today is, is that it is a little more attainable. Like in, in the 90s, when I was making my first films, like you had to shoot them on film. There, there wasn't, there wasn't, at, there wasn't YouTube, like, like the access now, uh, but you still need skills. Like just, just because you, have the ability to like shoot a video on your phone or edit it on your computer, you still need certain skills, right? That's, that's I mean, very true. It all starts with your idea, putting it to work and have a vision for it. And then when you have a vision, then you know exactly the shots, like the shots are in your head, the shot list right. just happens in my head. So when I talk to the videographer, I'm like, I usually, I'm very organized, so I usually print it and I cut each scene. I'm like, this is the first shot. This is the location. This is the second location. This is the first location. So we can shoot this and this in the first location. And I just cut it down and then I let him film it. And I was like, I'll edit it. So he gave me the raw files. I colored them, edited them, and added the audio, and boom. 
Yeah, I think I think that's a good point that that no matter how easy the technology gets, you still need the vision. I don't think everybody has the ability to see movies in their head. Um, I think it's a small percentage of people. But if mm-hmm. you but if you do have that ability, then I think you can you know, you can really create as far as content. I'm not saying you need that ability to set up a scene and shoot it and make and make content, but but it de- it definitely helps. I mean, yeah. Mike, my, my other question, I brought this up to you before, and these these clips are on Clipkick, by the way, for people that are listening. I mean, he has, we're, we're going to talk about, you have a number of parody videos. This isn't the only yeah, one. I think I have four, and I was going to film my five, then the pandemic yeah you're you're, yeah you're becoming your own like lonely island yeah i mean i like to do what adam sandler did and what um seth rogan and james franco did and sasha baron cohen does and quentin tarantino they kind of like do their own thing and they include their friends in it that's my vision that's what i want to do yeah so so this this one is (laughs) Yeah, this is my best friend, Ricky, right there. And I shot this where I used to bartend. Let me get to the melody. Dude, it's, it's, it's so good, man. Hold on one second. Yeah, so this also came to my mind. I was just listening to the new song. I love it when you call me Senorita. And I was like, oh, man, I'll make it Mexican style about Margarita. Boom. <laughs> Shot it in a Mexican restaurant with my Mexican and Puerto Rican friends. And I was like, boom. It just, just did it in two days. One day we shot it in the restaurant. The other day was everything else. Did, did, did you use, so this this one was shot stateside, right? Like in? Like in, in, in the US or, or was this also yeah, shot? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was shot in Atlanta. In, in, in yeah. Atlanta. So was it the same crew or the same people or used different people? No, like in, when I shot that in Palestine, it was one guy and he was with the camera. Okay, <laughs> all right. So this actually had a crew. Did your dad help? Because your dad seems to help. He got you your camcorder. He got you your camel. My, my dad got me the camel and that's all I needed. That's, that's, that's all. So do these things lead? Remember I was talking about Vin Diesel's movie, Multifacial? Mm-hmm. And I definitely recommend you check that out if you <clears throat> Google it on the internet. It was a 16 millimeter film he shot. And your your thing reminded me of that because he ends with a monologue about I'm his dad. I'm right now. Multifacial? Multifacial, it's called, I believe. Okay. And, and he took that monologue, kind of like your monologue at the end, but uh-huh. he he created a whole preamble to it. Uh, and he shot himself like going to auditions and dealing with the 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 aspect of him not being Italian or not being Hispanic enough or these kind of thing. But mm. but but anyway, the reason I'm telling the story is because that short film he got somehow got into the Cannes Film Festival, which is really hard to do. And somehow 
Steven Spielberg was in a screening wow. for another movie and his short came up like before. So, and then Spielberg was, was casting his World War II movie. I forget the name of the World War II movie. What was it called? He, he had a movie with a, with a pretty big ensemble cast. Uh, I can't, I can't a, war, a war movie. And, and um, he cast Vin Diesel. Wow. From seeing from seeing that short, so so my point is is that you know these these shorts like the content you're making like I, I spoke with another one of the Clip Kick winners uh, last week, uh, and she was saying that she got on girls from a video she she made that was on the internet. So I guess my point is 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 have you seen a direct relationship with with these videos that you're making and opportunities for casting in, in traditional TV or film? No, I don't think the right people have watched my stuff. Like I didn't really go hard in promotion. Like I said, I was just doing it to do it, but right. it would be nice if, cause I get a lot of messages and they're like, man, you should be, you should be like getting mil billions of millions of watchers and subscribers and, you should be doing this. That should be your thing, the parody. And a lot of good words and a lot of encouragement, but like you need somebody big to watch it to be like, oh, I see something in this person and it looks like he has a vision. He just needs the push or the right circumstance or environment or whatever it is or funding. And then it can take me somewhere else because, uh, you know, uh, the one that I used to do, uh, the most parodies, his name is Al, Al, uh, what was his weird Al Yankovic weird Al. Yeah. So weird. when I did it, everyone's like, man, you remind me of that. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You do have a, you do have do a, a weird Al kind of, you have a weird Al kind of better looking yeah, weird so, Al. Yeah. Right. So he did some funny stuff. Yeah. And I watched him a couple of times, but I wasn't trying to copy him. But then when they kept saying that, I went to watch the stuff and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing, I guess. But nobody's doing it like him except for me right now. Everybody does it with their phone and it's it's not really done. Yeah, like really. you're doing real productions. But the question is, like, I, I saw a documentary about Weird Al and he he like he he made tapes of his parody songs and he just brought them to radio stations like he was relentless and and aggressively trying to get it out there and that's one of the things that we're trying to do with clip kick is that is that how do we how do we get the the great content that creators are making in front of the right people and you saw how mm -hmm. we tried to do that with you like we introduced you to to a number of of uh people in in the industry through our contests but we're trying to have a place where creators aren't totally lost in the shuffle. They're kind of featured and we're trying to attract uh, traditional media people to the app and uh, to come to the app and, and understand that, hey, this is happening now. Like this is a new way to uh, find talent that, that you really need to need to look into and believe it or not a lot of these uh people agents managers producers they're not really looking at at internet content for for their talent as much as they should be 
So we've been trying to help that. I'm, I'm actually having Lauren Williams, a talent manager, on uh, next week, and mm. you, you, we're we're going to talk more about that. But I guess the question lies: even if you get on YouTube and you have fifty thousand views, how do you get those fifty thousand views? How do you get the one or two views that are important to potentially, you know, get cast in the next Scorsese movie or something like that? I don't know, because, you know, I put also my music on Spotify and <clears throat> like I was going through this 100 percent. And then from there. I transitioned to film. OK, you know? yeah, that's what happened. And I was like, oh, I can do something bigger. Do you send do you send these things directly to do you are you represented right now? Do you have an agent? Yeah, I have play talent agency. That's my agency. They're they're LA based or Atlanta based. They actually started in Vancouver, Canada, but they have offices in LA, New York, and they recently started one in Atlanta. Do they do they uh, submit your parody stuff to producers? Do you think? Do you think they use it? I don't think they even know that I have parodies. Are you serious? You know, I don't think that seems like the number one thing that they should know. Because some people will be like, oh, that's too much. You know, you're making fun of this and that. And I'm like, because some people, their sense of humor, you know, my comedy is dark and my comedy is, I just don't care, you know? Right. Plus, like, I'm not from here and I'm ethnically ambiguous. So I can, I can do whatever I want, but some people are sensitive. Yeah, they yeah. I, I, no, I see, I see what you're saying. And, and, and I do, I do understand. I mean, you know, my, my, I had a sketch group in the nineties and the, the guys, sometimes they're like, we should start doing it again. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, in this day and age, like, like the stuff that we used to do, it's a different time now. It's, it's very, it's yeah, very people, hard. People it's are... very, it's very hard to do comedy. Oh man. People are too sensitive right now. They need thick skin. Yeah. Very sensitive. I think, I think it's, it's, it's an issue with not having a sense of humor. I think, I think, and not understanding what humor is like humor, humor is a way to, to maybe speak about things that, that are difficult to speak about. I mean, I always found when I was younger, I developed my sense of humor when there were tensions in the family or tensions. I could, I could, relieve tension through jokes and through humor mm -hmm. but also you can bring up topics that that are normally difficult to to bring up and humor involves satire and it, it's not literal and i think i think what's happening is is people have lost the understanding of what it is like like what what true. what what the humor actually is it's not literal mm -hmm. you're calling attention to a thing and commenting on the thing by fictionally creating the thing in, in a joke. That's true. Yeah. So, so, so people, people don't make that leap and they're like, Oh, he's, he really means that. No, no, this is a joke. It's a joke. And you're calling attention. <laughs> so, so, and a lot of my humor is very satirical in general. And I've learned now to, to tone that down because like, sometimes I'll take, I'll take the position of, a reprehensible person as a joke to demonstrate how reprehensible it is. So, so that, so then if you just take that little piece out of context and people don't realize you're playing that character to show that character, 
expose that character that people think, oh, you're that character. That's mm-hmm. you're not respecting it. And 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 par- what you're doing with the parody is exactly that. So I could see why it might be a problem, but at the same time, it shows so much of your talent. Wow, it's a tough one, shows you got yourself in a tough position. Right? Yeah. So so what's the solution? Cobra's worlds, Cobra's worlds, Cobra's worlds, Cobra's worlds, the solution. Cobra's world was so, so, so I'm going to show, so, so Cobra's world is your, um, web, web series, web series right? Mm-hmm. So now, now with this web series, I'm going to warn everybody right away with this web series. This is pretty, this is pretty serious. Do you know who I am? Dude, you are so menacing in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the role they get. So might as well kill it. Yeah, yeah. So, so back to what we were saying. I mean, it sounds, it looks to me like, and again, how many, how many on Clipkick you have a bunch of these on here? How many episodes? Seven, and I'm releasing eight, hopefully today. And how long is each episode? Ten to fifteen minutes. Okay, so they're quick bites, like Quibi, mm-hmm. like Quibi quick bites. Um, yeah. So here you've gone straight up serious. Well, it's it's comedy, so it's like wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so it's, com- so it's comedy. Yeah, it's dark comedy. Like, like like Tarantino, like like it, it reminded me a little bit of um, uh, what's the first Tarantino movie where they're Mr. Pink, Mr. Uh, you know, uh reservoir dogs? reservoir dogs it reminded me of that a little mm-hmm. bit so so what's the premise behind the series so what happened is that i had a friend daniel which is in the first episode the white guy with the long hair mm-hmm. we took classes at drama inc which is a acting uh, school here in atlanta right and uh, we parted ways you know uh after class and I was like, hey, man, I want to do a scene, like a five-minute scene. Are you interested? And he's like, yeah, write it, and let's, let me take a look at it. So I was like, okay. It's going to be – I was like, okay, it's a torture scene. I'm a gangster. He, he messed up the money, so I'm going to come confront him. Then I was like, nah, let's make this a little awkward and funny. So I wrote it, and then I called him on Zoom, and I was like, let's read it. And he's like, I'm down. I was like, you want to come tomorrow? Let's film it in my basement. I have one room that is not finished. He's like, let's do it. He came here. I set the camera. I have a road mic. We did it. I didn't think nothing of it. I was just like, one scene and done. So I started editing, editing it. And then I finished editing it. And I was like, I need a name. Let me sleep and wake up in the morning. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up from bed. And that happens to me a lot. I'm like, Cobra! Cobra. Wait, wait, why Cobra? <laughs> it just I can't even tell you why. It's you just, just this is what happened. Because I was like, yeah. King of the Jungle is a lion. What's the other king of the jungle? Cobra. Tarzan? Cobra can kill a, Cobra can kill a lion. That's true. That's true. It's pretty high on the predator uh watch list. And Cobra has the puff chest, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the name of the guy. That's the name of. Is it? Isn't it amazing how dreams can help you solve problems? Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's and it feels like, and I told I totally understand why like in the writing experience that happens to me a lot where where you, you don't know how to get to the next step in the story and then and then you have this dream and then you're like oh that's how to do it and the, and I could totally see how back in the day like in the 1800s before there was any knowledge of science they were like oh God told me that yeah it was God right be. yeah right because you don't it's it feels like that it feels like the idea just dropped out of the sky and somebody put it in your head yeah. So it originally started with like a scene. That's what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, five minute, five minute scene, and uh, started editing it. I found the word Cobra. I called it Cobra's World. I sent it to him to watch it, and he's like, "What the hell, Cobra's World? That works!" And I was like, "Yeah, it's my world, and you're living in it." And he's like, "Okay." And then it, I don't know. It became a scene. So, 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 kind of reverse engineered out of that concept. Yeah, like just, like like you like that was the seed. That's so the seed. so and and then and then it developed out of there. So 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 the concept of the like explain the humor element. So the humor is the awkwardness between the different characters, the contrast. Um, it's bringing stereotypes of different people, whether we're killing the stereotype or actually bringing it to life. For example, the, the cowboy in the second uh, episode is my friend Kunal. He's Indian. Right. I was like, okay, stereotypical. He can do the Indian accent and all that. But what if I make him a cowboy with a southern accent? So, because he can do a southern accent. So he's so, playing against type, kind of. Yeah, against his type, way off the wall. And I, the, all these people, it's a sci-fi world. So John, which is Kunal, his name is John. He can appear and disappear and he can, he has money. He can bring stuff out of his mouth, like go in. Yeah, I noticed the scene where he's pulling all the money out of his mouth. So the, all these people have some superpowers. So it's like a sci-fi dark comedy. I have the eyes glowing, which I can control people with. Right. Um, and it just, these things happen because the way I've been writing these episodes, I hit up my friends and I'm like, who's available this weekend? And if, if the cowboy guy says I'm available and the main guy says I'm available and I'm available, then I'm like, okay, let's make a scene for three of us. I'll come up with a story. Let's say the cowboy guy's not available. So I bring another guy and I was like, okay, I'm going to add you to the episode. You're going to be a new character. Then I write the episode that week. This way, oh, if so I write in advance, then I'm, I'm not going to have the cast and I'm going to be paralyzed. So I write each episode as I go. Where is it going? God knows. It depends on availability. You're, yeah, you're, but I make it work. Yeah, so you, get, you, you kind of like direct, assistant, direct, cast, and write the story kind of at the same time based on, on, uh, on, on who's available. Yeah, last, last Sunday, we started shooting episode one for season two, and I had eight people with me as part of the crew. So I was able to direct. I directed, and I think it's going to be the best episode because we used two black magic cameras. We used professional audio. I had a script supervisor. I had a AD. I had 
a gaffer, I had a lighting person, and I had amazing actors. And we did a scene in the church with it's so stupid funny, you know. So it's gonna be 12 minutes. I I'm editing it right now, color correction after doing it with the black magic, like color what's, grading. What's what's terrible. black magic? What's that? It's a camera that shoots really high resolution in 4K. Okay. So it's like a $1,500 camera, which you can really shoot some good stuff with. Because what I was shooting Cobra's World in was my $500 camera, Canon SL2. Right. Um, he's using the Blackmagic 4K, which makes it look cinematic. And I have two cameras at once. So if I do a scene with you, one camera can be over my shoulder, another camera can be here, and we can just, it, it cuts off time. Right, and, and can you cut? Can you cut it together? Because the, yeah. the shots probably look a little different. No, they're going to be the same. Because at the same time, if you have your no, I mean, what the one has a higher quality than the other, though, because one is they're both. We 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 use both black magic. Oh, you have two black magics. Yeah, I didn't use well, my camera. That solves that problem. Yeah, so I can't wait to launch this, and I think that was my best work from writing. So that so, that, so that'll be episode episode eight. Episode one, season two. Okay, so so the seven episodes, I'm looking at Clipkick now because the seven episodes. Got, there's one more episode to finish season one. Episode eight will be released today. And in two weeks, I'll release episode one from season two. Okay, so so uh, people that are listening, you can you can check out uh, on clipkick.tv at Chozino. Mm -hmm. You can see all of these uh, Cobra episodes. By the way, if anybody watches these Cobra episodes on Clipkick, he does get the views on YouTube because you're really just watching YouTube. Pretty much. Yeah, it's just Clipkick. Yeah. It, Clipkick just it's just the links to the original places in Clipkick. A, yeah. a, a lot of people don't quite get that because, like, we we it looks like it's part of the app, and in reality, it's really just like uh, streaming streaming from the original sources um i i really like this cobra's world i mean it take yeah. it take it takes a minute to for me it took a, a minute to settle into the dark humor aspect of it and i and i have a sense of humor but i guess i'm not used to it i i don't know what it is maybe it's la but i feel like since i moved here like there's just less humor around than than I remember in New York. Like people aren't aren't as funny, and which surprises me because like all the comedy comes out of L.A. I love it here, but but uh, people in general seem not as funny. I don't know what that is about. You're just like too laid back. If you're too laid back, nothing is funny. If you're always living, going going like New York, there's gonna be a lot of funny moments. There is. I mean, uh, there's this one experiment you can do. It's the, I call it the Starbucks humor test. You walk into a Starbucks in any town and you go, hey, you guys got coffee? That's the question you ask. Just to see what... <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys got coffee? It's a simple question, but it's a really good, it's a really, it gives you a really good temperature of like the level of humor in the town. Because if you do that in, in New York, they're like, yeah, motherfucker, we got coffee. Yeah, yeah, come on, get the what fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but in LA, it's like, like, <laughs> yes, like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yes, you moron. So, so, <laughs> so 
so basically what I'm saying is, is like, I've almost got my sense of humor programmed out of me a little bit since I've been here a couple of years. Mm. So when I first turned on the episode, like you're, you're super deadly fucking serious, man. Like you're scary in the show, bro. Yeah. I even before, be. even before the eyes, the, before the crazy eye thing, you're, you're <laughs> scary. Right. So then, so then the guy, because the first scene reminds me of Pulp Fiction when he's like, English, motherfucker, can you speak you it? Speak the guy's, it. Yeah. yeah, the guy's That's like, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we used to, we, in my sketch group, we used to make fun of that. But, but, but at first watching, I'm like, is this, like, does this, is this funny? Does this guy have a sense of humor or not? And you do. And, and then, and then I got it. Like, I got, I got what you were doing. It didn't take long. But I'm saying yeah. once I got into that head of like, you're goofing on these people, right? Oh, yeah. Right. It, it became very, it, it became very enjoyable very quickly. Well, so the comedy, the comedy is going to come out mostly by the different personalities because Cobra, everybody's wondering what is Cobra right now? Who is Cobra? Yes, it's me, but who is Cobra? And, and what's, and, and, and what's his world? Yeah, what's his world? And we're about to find out <laughs> as we as we move on. So it's just it's my world and everybody's just living in it. And it's gonna get really, really weird. So the first couple of episodes it was just me dabbing my fingers in the water, just dipping them a little bit. Right, right. I know how to do this because I've never done something this big. And now I already know what I'm doing. And I'm is is gonna go like crazy from here because my goal is to, to keep creating films and projects and have my friends be part of it. And I'm actually looking to move out of the city and buy a, a house with a 10, 15 acre land so I can build some kind of studios where I can film my own stuff in. Oh shit, you can build your own Cobra's world over there. I'm gonna build- Chosey's world. Mm -hmm. Chose his word, like Tyler Perry. Yeah, I was thinking Tyler it. Perry. He did it over there too. That's pretty ambitious, man. You got goals. That's what I want to do. Excuse and me. act. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that. I when when I first started out, I always wanted to to act, and you know, but sometimes that's a whole other discussion. It's hard to do it all, man. That's the thing. Yeah, but, so who, like, but, but you can, people Sunday, do. Yeah, yeah. Since past Sunday, when I was able to direct and focus on directing the actors and bringing everything together and making sure we wrap at 6 p.m., we wrap at 6.10, which most people would not have been able to wrap on time because I kept pushing. Come on, guys, come on, come on. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. All right, guys. Yeah, that's what the that you're like the AD. That's what the AD does. Yeah, I'm doing the AD and directing the actors at the same time. So, and I had a really good script supervisor that was going on continuity and making sure everything is perfect. She did. It's my first time working with her. She's amazing. She brought things to my eyes that I didn't notice because I'm focused on so many other things. But um, the actors made my life easy as well because these are my friends and they know me. So I can just look at them and say one thing and they immediately get me, not like, huh? Or get sensitive or whatever. Cause right, right, right. When I'm, when I'm focused, I'm in focus mode. But I'm fun to work with because 
I'm not like work, 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 work. There's time to joke and have fun. And then there's time to work. But I can't wait to keep doing this. Um, I, you know, the Cobra's world thing could really lead to something. I mean, we've seen so many mm-hmm. of these web series, like they get popular and then and then they get picked up. They get picked yeah, I'm up. Actually, I'm actually pitching it. I'm going to pitch it to Amazon. And see yeah, I happens. think I think I think Amazon um, Amazon would be a great potential, you know, producer for it. But, uh, you know, I always think about Broad City. So um, so what so what do you think the future is for Cobra's world? Like, what do you what do you see? I can see it on TV, people watching it all over the world, especially now with the being able to work with a bigger crew and having better footage and being able to focus on what I need to focus on. <clears throat> yeah, I can see us just doing like living the dream and making money out of it. Because if I can make money out of what I love to do and make it my job, that's what I want. I want my passion to pay me. And right now I have a daytime job. Am I passionate about it? Eh, just pays the bills. It's good money. I do UX design, user experience design. Right. I do contract works for big companies. So it pays well, but it's not my passion, you know? Right. Right. My passion is creating things and acting and performing arts and doing music and all that. And I just want to put it all together. So maybe one day I'll have my own show. I'll do a stand-up comedy, then I'll show my parody, then I'll do a little skit of acting and call it the Chosie Show. Who knows? Maybe. Well, you're well, you're doing it. You know, once once I, I I looked at my work and I said, what what all the things that I did, what what did I do? What what did all the things have in common? What did I do for all those things that I did well? And then the answer was I did them. You did them. <laughs> I did. I actually went up and shot it. I actually wrote it. I actually produced it. I actually got on my feet and did it. So, so, yeah. so Cobra's world and your dreams and what you're doing, you, you are actually doing it. And, yeah. and, and from what I can see, and that's, that's, uh, I think one of the reasons why you won this clip kick contest out of all the entrants and there were, you know, over a thousand entrants, but also why I had you on today is because you're doing it, man. And I think, Thank I you. think, I think your message, I think your, 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 uh, message of humor combined with drama and what and what you what you stand behind as far as you know the overall message and concept of your work i think i think is translatable i see the love in there and i i I see good things for it so so we're going to do our best to get cobra's world out there on clipkick and um yeah i i wish you the best and i uh i appreciate you coming on the the podcast and thank you this was i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure we're gonna see a lot of a lot of exciting stuff from you and maybe someday i'll be i'll i'll visit your uh, studio chosie's 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 world in georgia chosie's world (laughs) if if i could if i if they let me in i don't know we'll we'll see what's gonna happen i know i know if i could get through the security Shit. Yeah. <laughs> get me one of those get me one of those golf carts or whatever yeah i can't wait what the future <laughs> holds um it's just it's just the beginning you just have to get things done most people talk but they don't walk the talk and 
I've always did what I said I was going to do, whether it's this small or this big. I get it done because tomorrow is not promised. You know, tomorrow is not promised. So now is the time. This is the moment because the next moment, you don't know what's going to happen. So now is the time. Get what you need to do today instead of saying ah, tomorrow because you don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. And that's how I live my life. I live every day as if it's the last day that I'm going to live. What would be, how would I want to go if today was the last day? That's how I live my life to the fullest. And, and yeah, it's apparent. It's a, it's a, it's a good way to live. Yeah. It's the way I'm sure it's the way Cobra lives as well. Cobra's crazy. Cobra's, <laughs> Cobra's crazy. Yeah, Cobra. All right. So, so again, thank you for your time, everybody. You can see all of Cobra and all of uh, Chosey's work, including the parodies on Clipkick. Yeah, Chocho Majnun for the parodies. Chocho Majnun. Chocho Majnun. I didn't even attempt to pronounce that. El Majnun, which means the crazy. And Chocho in Spanish means crazy. So crazy, crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. Did that come yeah. to you in a dream? In a dream as well? No, everybody's telling me you're crazy, Chosie. You you don't care. You're crazy. And I was like, yeah. and then I, you you double down. You're like, yeah, I'm crazy, crazy. Crazy. I'm crazy, crazy. Yep. <laughs> done. <laughs> All right, my man. Cool. Thank you so much. Alex. Okay. All right. I'll see you soon.